Hello, welcome back. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a new episode. Today, we will be talking about a very important topic. But before that, I would like to introduce myself. This is Fat Kalaf, the co-founder of HR Learn In. I'm happy to be also joined by my fellow co-founder, who's that? Brad Boysen. Welcome, Brad. Hey, Fat. How are you? Good, good. Very well. How are you? How is everything going on? Very good. Thank you for asking. And, you know, I think in this world of work for home, I think we're, uh, I might have some background noise in here that comes in during the session. So like a lot of people bear with it. I don't have any animals that will come into the, to the discussion though. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. By the way, I think I'm, I'm, I'm ready to be visited by my little girl anytime. So I'm just <laughs> keeping my ass in the door just in case. <laughs> good for you. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, today we will be talking about human capital. And human capital, it's, it's been a, a very important topic, but it started to be a hot topic during, an, uh, during COVID-19. So we will be talking about human capital with Brad, who has a, a lot of experience and thoughts about it, to see how things are going on. But only after this break. Wow, I learned a lot as a mentor say make us think um that they said it was rather than because you're in the webinars that way you spread what really interesting when we started this program the tagline for this was tune in welcome back so brett what's going on with the human capital now if you could give us quick brief about really what's going on with the human capital because i started feeling a little bit confused between human capital and HR, are they another fancy terminology or is it like totally something new? Over to you. Yeah, the answer is yes. <laughs> Both. <laughs> it's, you know, I think in a lot of types of work, there's technical terminologies that people use. And sometimes they use them very informally. Sometimes it's very strict. And human capital is one of those words. A lot of people have been using the word human capital in the past few years to simply mean a more advanced or updated way of saying HR. And maybe they want to distance themselves from some of the bad reputation that HR might have. And um, sometimes they just simply want to focus on what they believe to be a more advanced way of looking at some people even call it Fahad people operations. So there's no right or wrong in this, but I think one thing I like to emphasize to people is there is a history to the work that is HR. And it, you know, often it starts with personnel. You know, when um, you go back far enough, when they started talking about the type of work related to HR, it was called personnel. And even to this day, and I'm sure you know, Fahad, some uh, entities in the region, they're their title is personnel departments or something like that. And, and some people are offended by that. Some people are taken aback by that. But, it, you know, the, the name human resources itself goes back to, I think it's the 1950s, by a very famous management professor named Peter Drucker. And I often joke, Bahad, if people don't know Peter Drucker and they went to business school, get your money back. Because Peter Drucker is the most famous management professor in the history of management. And um, so, uh, you know, to start off the discussion, we're really talking about terminologies. Sometimes people get very specific in terms. 
the word human capital has been around for a long, long time. So do we treat people as a capital or as a resources? Such a good starting point in the discussion. You know, people who have studied perhaps haven't studied HR academically. Maybe they've studied something like political science and they hear a word like capital and they, they, they go in a completely different direction. You know, and people who've studied finance, for example, think of capital and they go in a completely different direction. And I think it's a, it's a bit disappointing when the, the political scientists interpret the word human resources or the word human capital to have some legacy meaning related to political science because uh, it doesn't. It, it's it's um, a management terminology. And so when I get into the, the idea of um, um, resources or capital, um, I, I also often challenge people to say, well, what's your, what's your name? You know, and some people are using this word people today. It comes from Silicon Valley. It's sort of anchored there, you know, people operations. And I'm not sure that that's an even more helpful way of thinking of things. It becomes a bit general. But um, whether you call something personnel, people operations, human capital, HR, in so many ways, it really doesn't change the work itself, you know, the responsibilities in organizations. What changes the responsibilities are things like the size of the organization or the industry that the organization is in um, or, you know, the, the structure or, or type of work. Is it manual work? Is it knowledge work? So a lot of these factors really have much more of a, an influence on what terminology people would be using in the workplace but like I say I've seen you know, leading edge organizations still use the, the word personnel and I've seen startups use words like human capital and other things when they're not even doing the basics of HR in an effective way so it's it's there's no laws that say you have to use certain words for certain types of work like HR and um, I just respect people when they understand the history so when you start to talk about HR in terms of political science, um, I think you're starting from the wrong, you know, the wrong field. And a lot of people do fahad. A lot of people get into the, the philosophy of, of how to classify people. And that's really got nothing to do with what we're talking about. Wow. I'm kind of surprised with all these uh, information you just throw out on me. So uh, <laughs> I want to say, I don't know to be honest with you because I don't know if if human capital is there is a core change with the human resources and I think you mentioned it clearly that there is no difference it could be another fancy word or another terminology these guys are using but the question is I don't know if there is a core changes or slight changes in something so even even for example I know a couple of guys they said head of people what does head of people mean like are you are you like the boss of the people or are you exactly yeah yeah i don't know what's going on with these guys so it's I'm... unfortunate you know it's kind of like you know in in politics where you're you're you know places have uh, voting and things like that and they kind of say well i'm not voting for i'm voting against so when you get into a world where you're defining things by their opposite that's not a constructive place to be but strictly speaking 
for example, the word human capital comes from an economist or a group of economists from the 1950s and 60s. And the idea at the time was that people were effectively really thought of as an as a input to a process. Um, and the other inputs were things like, you know, land, labor, and capital, people, human. And they wanted to move away from this idea that people were only physical in terms of their contribution, that at the end of the day, we were all working on different assembly lines and we were adding some contribution to some output in a physical way. And their argument was that, no, the world is moving to more of a thinking world where contributions and products are not so much tangible, they're less tangible. And they proposed this idea and it comes, you know, the, the economist most associated with this is a, is a gentleman named Gary Becker. And he, said, you know, really in the future that people are going to contribute more from their mind than their body, their physical. And that was a huge change in thinking back in the 1950s and 60s. And, you know, he won the Nobel Prize for his thinking in human capital. So when people start to think, wow, I'm, you know, I'm moving away from HR and I'm going to talk I'm head of human capital, we're going to rename our department, and we're going to be leading edge. I often ask them where the name, you know, human capital comes from. And if they don't know, they're really showing, you know, uh, an ignorance. And ignorance is the right word. It's not an insulting word. It's they don't know the history of the profession. And if it's what they intend it to mean, good for them. But if they're simply changing a name, you know, there's an expression, I think it comes from the UK, you know, a rose is a rose by any other name. And, you know, you can, I, I can call you by your last name, Fahad, your family name or your, your informal name, and you can do the same to me, but you're still the same person. So if there's a substantive reason for changing a title or a name, good on you, whatever that is. And people, you know, the idea of people was really, let's move away from all of the baggage that comes from personnel, HR, human capital and just talk about the human factors. And, you know, in theory, that sounds good, but in practice, it can be a bit, it can lead you in the wrong direction, so. What, what do you prefer? For example, if, you, if you're a CEO of a company and you had a decision to change the HR department, I don't wanna say the HR function, but the HR department uh, name, what do you call that HR human capital no, you know, I wouldn't. And I'll, I'll tell you why. It's a good question. Is, you know, I had a discussion last week in a, a chat and it was, you know, someone was proposing a word to use for something. And, and my thought at the time was, and it's still true, is that you should use the words that are most commonly accepted. You may not like the word, you may not you might have another words you want to use, but if you're trying to be an effective communicator, use the words that are the most common words for what you're trying to say. And that's, you know, effective business communication. And so I, I come back to the day, you know, there's a story, the former head of uh, HR, and I'm, I should be more careful, the former head of the HR at Google, which they called people operations, um, whenever he would introduce himself while he was at Google, he'd have to actually 
convert the people, I'm the head of people operations, which basically means the head of HR, because it wasn't generally accepted. So instead of just spending two seconds on an introduction, you're spending five, seven seconds explaining that, okay, my title is the head of people operations, which is the head of HR. To this day, you know, when he talks about his history, he's often clarifying that. And, and that's not a, a good thing. Uh, you know, so organizations themselves will often create their own internal short forms of communication, but it's, it's really important in general as, as business people, business leaders, that we try our best to speak a common language, a generally accepted language. And, and that is actually, Fahad, one of the weaknesses of HR, unlike other professions, which are more documented in terms of their formal terminology. HR has been very, very loose. And it's ironic because if you come back to the topic of human capital, this is actually one of the areas where we're becoming more formal. One of the standards that's being developed right now globally in the ISO realm is the ISO human capital standards. And these are really just generally accepted measures for certain things in HR, activities and outcomes in HR, yet it's called human capital. And what's making the standard itself is called human capital to differentiate. And so increasingly how the word human capital is being used, and it may become generally accepted, is that we're saying, what are the capabilities of the organization? What are the capabilities of the workforce of the organization? Those capabilities are an asset, and we're gonna call that collective asset human capital. So coming full circle, the words themselves originated in the realm of econo economics to mean intangible human contributions rather than physical or tangible. And now it's being adjusted once again to mean sort of the collective capabilities of the people in the workforce. And that's how the word human capital is being um, used. So if your intention is to mean that, then we should be using the word human capital. But as an organization, I still think HR, human resources, is the best. Um, it's not ideal, it's not perfect, but it's the most generally accepted terminology for people, operations, and personnel. Yeah, I think while you're talking, I just recall a couple of uh, scenarios, and including myself, when you, know, when you have a fancy job title, and then you, <laughs> then you start struggling and finding, uh, or someone's hire you, or if someone's want to hire you, and, and they really need to have more details about what exactly do you do, and instead of just going to, into, to LinkedIn and start to figure out the whole thing. So, yeah, and, and I remember a lot of people are trying to justify, especially when you come to a relationship manager role, for example, in the banking industry and financial sector, they do, they do give a lot of fancy, uh, I say, words or titles. Sometimes yeah. you yeah. figure out, you know, for example, I, I remember one of the guys that he's been given a title, uh, AVP, Assistance Vice President, uh, Branch Banking. So and I thought, wow, you know what does Vice President Branch Banking means? Like you're the top head and you are the... Assistant Vice President, that's me, dude, you're the number probably three or two in the organization itself, especially you're talking the banking industry. At the end of the day, we figure out that AVP is Assistant Branch Manager. So mm -hmm. 
see the whole i mean the big gap in terms of expectations and 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 reality so and i think yeah i think the fancy job titles really has a lot of i don't want to say useful but a lot of harmful for the individual itself but it's been used one of the attract attraction tools i think i, I don't, I don't think it'll go away i don't think it'll go away i think you know startups always try and you know they're like like young children in a family you know at some point kids push away from the parents and they, they, you know, they're trying to distance themselves and it's a very natural part of growing up. And that's very similar in terms of what organizations do is they start to, well, we're trying to break the rules. We're trying to be different. So we're going to do all kinds of different things, but anyone who's, you know, a bit older, a bit more experienced will know that every startup eventually, if they're lucky, they become a mature company. And some of these other issues that um, weren't issues at the time end up being created problems from the incubation mindset of a startup. And it's much better to just project your success. You know, if you're a startup, you say, what, you know, let's use the terminology as if we've achieved our vision statement. Let's quit trying to be the, the kids who are different from everyone else. And let's just assume that we are, you know, the, our future selves. And when you get into that mindset, you realize exactly what you said, Todd, is that it's important to be able to speak a language outside of your own ecosystem. And if you have to convert your job title every time, and, you know, I worked in hospitality many years ago, and I also worked in technology in the startups. So I went through, you know, seeing people, oh, I want to be, you know, the head of you know, I don't even want to say some of these titles because uh, they're just so esoteric. And then in hospitality, there's certain standardized titles for an industry. Yet, if you're if you use those titles, you know, like a word like purser as a job title, you know, that there's pursers on airplanes, there's pursers on ships. These go back, you know, fifty hundred more than several hundred years in terms of reference but let's say you work in that industry and you want to get move into another industry and your title is chief purser oh what do you do with that like what does it mean and it's basically that you know it's the head accountant for a business unit well why don't you just call it an accountant and yeah it, it's interesting dynamic Fahad, that um you know job titles because I, I don't think it's ever going to go away because people learn the lesson you know it's kind of like the parent telling the kids, don't do this, don't smoke, don't do something else. And the act of saying don't do it actually makes it more enticing to do it. So, No, I totally agree with that because, because I, I see in, in reality and in real life, a lot of people are suffering with, with the moving from, from, yeah. from an yeah. industry just because of the name or, their, or maybe because they have not been noticed enough in their profile or what exactly they do or what they do is similar to the job that they are applying for. So I think, yeah, I think there is some kind of plus or minuses for a lot of things, but, and I think in long term is not serving a lot of people. And as you said, head of HR for Google till this moment, he is explaining to people that head of people operations means head of HR itself, but, but you know, every time. So this is one of the things that we are always mentioning is, is ahead uh, as human capital as HR itself is another fancy word, or there is an expectation of that. It seems for the time being, it's just another fancy luxurious word to be used, even though personally, we both believe that there are some core changes or core 
message or, or something has to be in it. So it's just calling it another name. I don't know. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I personally, because this is, you know, I've, I've invested my career in this space is, you know, I really respect people when they know the history of what they do. It doesn't matter what you do. If you know your history, if you're an athlete, you know, if you know your role models and their statistics and you know the history of a sport or a franchise and business and these types of things. And one of the challenges we have had is so many people at work and what we'll call HR, you know, they fall into it. And so they don't know this history. And that doesn't mean all the history is good or, you know, or bad for that matter. It just means there is a history to things. And understanding the history allows you, the more you understand, hopefully, to adapt to a situation where you use a certain terminology knowing that there may be a more correct or technical term to be used. The problem is, is people get very, for lack of a better word, anal about vocabulary and you know they say there's a right way and there's a wrong way and if you come into the an HR people a lot of people do that you know here's the right way to do something here's the wrong way to do something then people just back off they move away they don't you know it's it's not building community it's not building collaboration or the you know the culture of of, of um, psychological safety and again that's a product of, of ignorance is the more you know, the more open you should be, the more inclusive you should be. And that applies to so many different things, whether it's job titles, department titles, you know, functions, company organizations. And yeah, these things will evolve. But uh, human capital is a hot topic. And like I said, I think for people who are really trying to anchor on a substantive trend that's happening, it's this idea that that the collective capabilities of your workforce are an asset and those ability to apply that asset is being um, generally accepted as what is human capital. And um, yeah, if you're the head of human capital, you know, it's a more strategic role. It's a less transactional role. It should be. Um, but to your point about biking titles, many years ago, one of the large banks in the United States figured out that, wow, we're having trouble getting talented people to come to our organization and one of the problems is you know they're really well educated and capable and, and high potential talents but the job titles we offer them are not enticing other organizations are offering them more glamorous job titles so they made the decision to make anyone who was sort of a business school graduate at high potential future leader category they called them vice presidents <laughs> but did they really have the responsibility of vice presidents? You know, did they have sort of profit and loss responsibilities? No. So this, this game of giving away titles as a way of manipulating people's thinking is just that. It's a game. And, and that's, again, something that professionals in HR should try and avoid, too, because it just creates more problems later on. You know, you have a huge layer of vice presidents don't actually have the responsibility of someone in senior leadership eventually the market figures that out their their stakeholders figure it out their business partners figure it out and it really just causes more problems than if you had just been sort of honest with you know sort of the the more generally accepted job title from the beginning yeah i can't agree anymore what do you think the future of human capital or hr after covid or post-covid you know I, 
it, it, this, I'm sure we'll talk about this in future podcasts, but I sincerely believe that there is a divergence occurring. And I don't know if it's going to create a new type of HR role or if it's actually going to be taken over, if that's the right word, by people in finance and accounting. So when you talk about the collective capabilities of the workforce, part of the reason the term human capital is being used is because it's being measured. It's being quantified. And that's where this ISO standard is coming in. So are the people who are currently working and leading HR roles around the world capable of living up to that expectation of managing the evolution of that way of managing and leading the workforce? And I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure most of them are. Some of them are. Um, but it is a different mindset about HR. And a lot of them are resistant to sort of move into that space because they see it as being dehumanizing or it's the less people part of people operations. And, you know, I think when people are more objective and thoughtful about this, they'd realize that if you're really being respectful to people, you treat them more objectively. Everyone's different. And you take each unique individual as their unique, authentic self. And it's actually more um, inappropriate to subjectively decide and categorize people, you yourself. So having more discipline in HR is being more human, is being more respectful. And a lot of HR people don't think that way. So, you know, if we're moving forward, I honestly think that what we're going to see is a lot of people with backgrounds in finance and accounting are going to start to move into HR and take control, for lack of a better word, of things like analytics um, and this new human capital reporting that's emerging. Um, I don't know that that's a good thing, but um, you asked me sort of what the future is. and. It's kind of like a territory, it's land, it's uncharted, it's sitting there to be claimed by leaders. And I think that the leaders in finance and accounting are more likely to see the benefit of a more objective way of measuring and quantifying um, human contribution. And a lot of the HR people using the words I just used are actually kind of offended by that abstraction and that objectification of people and i think they're wrong i think the subject being subjective with people being biased and assuming is really more um it's it's less helpful to empowering people and engaging people in the workforce and um we'll see we'll see because it is really fahad it's something that a lot of people are not talking about right now and um the more people are aware of it and know about it and talk about it and have debates about it, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, um, trust me, this topic is endless, I could say. You know, I like it. Uh, I think we already uh, reach our uh, uh, episode uh, daily, or not a day, episode limit, for example. But I really want to share something with you. Um, what people don't understand, they feel HR is like a charitable department. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do, yeah. yeah, so HR department is a normal business function or a normal function that has an ROI on human and as an operation. Now, the main primary uh, role or function for HR, what I notice is people don't understand that it's a human 
plus function plus some some function now people want to move i feel from 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 human resource to human capital trying to figure out the roi on the people how can you figure out an roi on the people when your people themselves are not being measured enough not being motivated enough not being even taken care of so so i feel as you mentioned it's a very long way it's going to be very long discussion there is a lot of upsides uh, downs that's going to happen so yeah i i'm i'm kind of interested to know what's going to happen later sooner or later by human capital so i want to see what's well, something numbers. something something big just happened you know in in the past week is the securities and exchange commission in the united states has come out with a formal recommendation that the iso standards for human capital reporting are used in uh, certain organizations, publicly traded or organizations of a certain size that are under their purview. And that's a that's a that's a one of the biggest changes in human resources that's happened in most people's lifetime in HR. And Fahad, most people working in HR right now have no idea what's just happened. And I'm not like you said, it's not going to change overnight, but. All of a sudden, in you know, um, um, board meetings where there's uh, you know the leadership teams are debriefing the board on the performance of the organization. One of the areas that is going to be requested for debriefing is human capital reporting, and someone in the organization is going to have to do that. Is it going to be the head of HR? Is it going to be the head of finance? We'll see. My money's that it's going to be on the head of finance. I hope it's not, because it should be HR. But if HR, if finance people know more about the, what's going on than HR people, well, then they deserve to, um, you know, if it's if it's something that's going to add value to your point, then so be it. Let the let the organization function. Let the business function that sees the value more take ownership of it. Can't agree anymore. Brad, we already reached to almost 25 minutes. I don't know if we crossed yeah. that, but uh, thank you very much, Brad, uh, for, for the amazing uh, insights uh, in human capital. Obviously, this is endless uh, topic. Uh, we will cover it somehow uh, in the next coming uh, episodes. So, Brad, thank you very much for that. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. And in case if you're watching, and somehow so uh, don't forget to share like subscribe and also if you're listening through anchor.fm or spotify or any platform kindly note that our main primary uh, podcast is anchor.fm uh, then everything is mentioned in our website which is called hrlearnin.com guys see you soon enjoy and have a lovely great day see ya thanks everyone